Welcome to show 31 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today's episode is with Jacqueline from Jay's Nest. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to everything cloth diapering. We talk with parents, brands, and retailers from around the world about the cloth diapering experience. So I am the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. My name is Bailey. I have been a cloth diaper blogger and mama for a couple of years now and decided, hey, let's take this to the audio world because there weren't many people talking about podcasts or cloth diapering on podcasts. I'm a mom of two. I live in Northern British Columbia. And today I'm really excited to bring with you a conversation with Jacqueline from Jay's Nest. This is something that I have had on my to-do list for a long time now and just never really followed through with actually making happen. Jacqueline and I had talked about it on Instagram and Facebook and and all the places and finally sat down today. A lot of the questions that I got from you guys on Instagram were really around the creator space. So I kind of tried to theme today's conversation to the topic of cloth diaper content creator, what it's kind of like to be a cloth diaper content creator and our experiences in this space. There's definitely a lot more topics that we could have talked about, including like brand relationships, how negotiating contracts and brand reps work. We didn't really get to that. Tried to keep this kind of to the point. It's about Jacqueline, her journey in her cloth diaper content creation, and then a little bit about how and why she is just awesome like she is. If you don't know who Jacqueline is already, check her out on YouTube. She is known as Jay's Nest and officials Jay's Nest everywhere else. Um, And without further ado, here's our conversation. Okay, so most people listening, they probably know who you are. So I'm talking with Jacqueline from Jay's Nest today. You just hit 7,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Um, And I think I would definitely classify you as the it cloth diaper creator at the moment. How would you describe your channels and socials and where you're at right now? It's so weird to think that people come to me or they think of me as like a guru because to me, I'm just like a regular old mom. Like to me, I'm just a mom with an Instagram, a mom yeah. with a camera and that's it. Like I don't really, one thing that I've really focused on a lot this year is not labeling myself because I, you know, I've struggled really bad with mental health over the years. And so mm-hmm. when I start to label things, um, I start to get really jealous. I start to get a lot of anxiety and I can easily spiral into a depression because with YouTube, there's just so many different analytics, analytics, how do we, how do we say that word again? Analytics. <laughs> analytics. There, there are a lot of analytics. So you can see how many you know likes and dislikes you get in a month, how many shares and how many subscribers you gain and lose. And if you're someone who struggles with mental health, those numbers will really mess with your head. So oh, yeah. I try to really stay out of those numbers. I also try to stay out of the labels. So um, I just like to think that I'm a person trying to inspire other people. That's probably a good, that's probably a good thing to do. In general, I think we, I know when I started in cloth diapering, I looked up at people and I thought they were these massive cloth diaper gurus. And the more that I've come along, I just learned that, hey, they were actually just people learning the same way that I'm learning. And their information is actually no different than just anybody else's information. Like we're not gatekeepers of information. We're just moms trying to encourage conversations. Oh, I agree. You know, I loved Obs and Lala when I first started cloth diapering and I just thought of her as like the guru and Mm -hmm. she still holds a special place in my heart. I sometimes watch her other YouTube channel called Books and Lala. And 
I just, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to even like separate, like, this is just a regular person, just like I'm a regular person. But sometimes we like to like fangirl people. I get that a lot. People would be like, oh my gosh, can't believe you're actually talking to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm such a fangirl. I'm like, what? <laughs> Have you ever run into somebody in real life who knows you online and done that? Because that's really no, awkward. <laughs> I haven't, but I get really paranoid when I'm in public because I don't know why. I feel like people are looking at me. I don't, maybe I'm just paranoid. I don't even know how to explain this, but sometimes people stare a little too long and it makes me nervous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do they know me? Oh my gosh. And then I get freaked out, but no one has ever approached me and say, hey, Jay's Ness. No one said that yet. So I, I actually, I'm very fearful of that because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> it's not, it's so far, I've had it happen once when I was in Vancouver area. It wasn't too bad. It was just kind of weird, mostly because you knew they knew everything about them, about you, but you didn't know anything about them. And you're like, yes. um, <laughs> hi, <laughs> awkward. So why did you even get involved in vlogging or sharing your cloth diaper story on YouTube? Um, and what was your kind of your goal when you first started? Well, you know, I first started because I had just become a stay at home mom, you know, before I met my husband. All, our whole relationship happened fast, but before I met him, I was a single mom with two kids working full time. And That's when I met him, I was able to step down to be a stay at home mom. And I was so lonely. You know, I stopped connecting with friends and I isolated myself. And one of my friends one day, I, I made short little silly snippets on my personal Instagram. And she was like, you'd be really good on YouTube. Have you ever considered that? And I was like, hmm, no, I haven't. So I decided to make YouTube videos and I probably deleted about 30 of my original videos because they were so bad. They were so cringy. Oh, just, you mean we can't go back in the archives and check out yeah. the original Jay's Nest? I've tried, but I guess they're just, they're not there. Oh, There's this website you can go to to like search it up, but. Oh, because it's probably, it's probably been like archived somewhere on the web. Yeah. Doesn't. And so I tried looking for it. Couldn't find it. That's fine. But, but yeah, that was my. I just, I just wanted to connect with other people because I felt like I didn't have anybody. I felt like I didn't have any close friends and I want to share my passion of cloth diapers. So Everyone you started left. with cloth diapering? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the original intent of my channel. Um, everyone around me hated cloth diapers. They hated that I did it. They thought it was stupid and gross. <laughs> so I wanted to have a platform where I could talk and be like, Hey, this isn't gross. This is actually pretty cool. And plus so many people in my personal life, you know, people from high school, acquaintances, they were all asking me about cloth diapers. And I just, I gave them all detailed information about cloth diapering. And then a lot of them just never even bothered with it. And I felt like I wasted so much time spending hours explaining mm -hmm. everything. So, yeah, I feel that. I think, like, I started blogging. And it was just kind of general motherhood. And then people would, people start asking you about something that you know. And then eventually the seventh time you're like, geez, I'm just going to write it down and send them links next time. <laughs> this is becoming exhausting. Um, yeah, that's definitely like kind of how it goes. Um, what do you find to be your biggest challenge right now in the YouTube or cloth diaper creator space? Um, I think just finding time, yeah. you know? You know, I make the content and there are a lot of people who enjoy just me and they'll watch anything that I make, which just kind of blows my mind. But <laughs> I think just finding time to do it because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. I'm pretty open about that, like on my Instagram and my yeah, Instagram you stories. you have a pretty involved process behind your videos. I'm constantly in awe of the amount of work that you goes into your videos. 
And I, I just don't think a lot of people really know about that process, mainly because they just don't do it. You know, the majority yeah. of people who watch me aren't content creators. They're actually just viewers. But there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes. And, you know, I just, there's not a lot of payoff for that as far as money goes. And so the main thing that drives me to continue to do this is just the community and the support that I get from everybody. Like mm -hmm. just inspiring people to choose other things or to talk about mental health or share their stories with me. That's what inspires me. That's what it keeps me going to do YouTube. Yeah. Well, that's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure about you, but I get a lot of emails asking how to be a cloth paper blogger or, and how to make money at it and why they're failing. And everybody seems, the emails that I get, people seem to think, Hey, you must be succeeding at this and making money and sort of how did you get there? Um, and usually they're quite surprised when I tell them that I'm not making money at this and it's been a really <laughs> freaking hard journey. Do you get those emails and what are you telling people? What's been your experience with that? I, um, I usually just be like, yeah, no, there's, this is not, um, it's not like other niches and what other blogging or YouTube mastermind people say doesn't really apply to the cloth diaper niche. I don't know if you've ever noticed that yourself. Yeah. But they'll oh, be yeah. like, oh, if you do X, Y, and Z, you can make money in whatever niche and you try to apply it to cloth diapering and it's like, mm, no. Well, because cloth diapering is only, we're only targeting, you know, parents with a certain age range of children. Yeah. It's just so tiny, you know. But um, you'd be surprised. I actually don't ever get emails about that. Oh. Mainly on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Mm -hmm. So, you know. People aren't. Hounding you. So if I was to send you an email and ask you how how you make it on YouTube, what would be what would you say back to somebody who was asking you how you made it? Do you think well, you've made it? I don't even know what that means. What's made it mean? I don't know. <laughs> That's like a slogan. People would be like, Oh, you've made it in blogging. And I was like, uh What's that mean? Made it? I've like I barely cover my server fees each year. That's about it. I don't know. It, it kind of just, it makes me think of society, you know, here I go in a, in a deep dive, but what, <laughs> what, what is that really? What is making it mean views yeah. or engagement, likes, dislikes, comments? Like, is it a popularity contest? I don't, I don't like to look at it like that. No, I don't want it to fair. be like that. You know, I don't think I've made it anywhere. I just enjoy sharing what inspires me. And I think if someone wants to start, a blog or YouTube, I think they should start with something that inspires them because there's something so profound about the feeling of inspiration. No one can quite pinpoint it of what inspiration really means or what that feeling really is. But when you're able to hone in on just that energy of inspiration and you're able to share about something you're passionate about, that's priceless. When I have moms telling me their stories about mental health and how me being open about that on my Speedfold Fridays has helped them a lot, it's given them a lot of reflection. Like that, that to me is me making it. That's me making a difference. That's me inspiring people. So even if I got 10 views, but I had two comments of someone saying, wow, that gave me good, you know, reflection of my own self. To me, that's still making it. I don't need a thousand views on a video or anything like that. It's just the impact you can make on just other human beings. So how do you find balance in that? Because at the end of the day, inspiration and impact doesn't pay the bills or oh, yeah. help with childcare or all the other millions of things that we have to do as mothers in the home. 
my dad came over Friday and actually told me that. He's like, you need to do something with your life. Cloth diapering is great, but all that time you spend into cloth diapering videos, you could work in a job making good money or going to school. And that hurt. You know, it hurt mm-hmm. to hear that. And it's hard to know what balance is. I don't believe life is about a perfect balancing act. Yeah. Nothing is perfect. We should never aim for perfect balance all the time or anything like that. But I think once you understand that, like you can say, okay, yeah, we don't need balance. Cool. But once you understand that life isn't about a perfect balance, you'll find more happiness there. And I think that's where I'm at. Some yeah. days I feel really balanced. Other days I don't feel balanced. And other days I'm just not balanced at all. And that's okay. It's just a process. It's something that you don't want to think too much about. Yeah. I do a I, lot of my work when I'm expired, you know. When you're expired? <laughs> inspired. When you're inspired. I was like, when you're expired, when you're exhausted. That's a terrible time to do work. I tend to think... Like, I find I struggle with this. And I I make a little bit of money off my blog, off the ads that run on my blogs. And so that's about all that sustains us right now. And then I make a little bit of money off affiliates. But that's really just a joke at the end of the oh, day. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, affiliate marketing in cloth diaper land is just hard. I don't even, yeah, I don't I even know. Um, but to me, I my husband views it as skill sets. And so this phase of my life will eventually end and I'm going to come out of it with an amazing set of skills of that are really applicable in 2019, right? Video editing, filming, social media engagement, Instagram, building community, podcast editing. These are all skills that people out there don't have and that I can market myself with when my kids go back to school and I decide to go back to work. That's kind of how, like I kind of just view this as my internship right now my unpaid social media internship that one day hopefully will pay off. At least, I like that perspective. At least that's my hope. Like, right. I mean, you could go so many places with the skills that you have right now, Jacqueline, oh, right? Definitely. Like you would be so employable by people who are looking for people who create videos. Um, and people are you just, whenever you're ready for that is, and that's what I kind of view right now. Like whenever I'm ready to fully dive in, then I will. But right now I just have little kids and, little kids are a lot of work oh yeah you know I never thought that perspective so I think that's really great well yeah if your dad is like harshing on you it's like your unpaid internship right now you're going to school (laughs) (laughs) you're going to school to learn video editing right and I think if we you were look you were talking about how crappy your earlier videos were how much that's changed like how much skills have had to evolve and we all start from really crap I even last year on YouTube like just figuring out how to use a mic and how to use a light bar. <laughs> All these things I didn't know. My husband's still griping on me about podcast editing. He'd like me to figure out how I could do dual tracks so I could record you separately than my own voice. But I don't. I just, that's like too much tech. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. One, um, one question that I got from a lot of listener, listeners, Instagrammers, people on the web was, where do you get your inspiration from? I know we just finished talking about inspiration, but who do you watch? Who do you listen to? Who do you read? Where do you get your inspiration from? Honestly, my inspiration mainly comes from the community, really. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like cliche. <laughs> it totally from. is. <laughs> I know. I think everything I say is just really cliche, but sometimes I just need to grasp that I'm a deep person 
And sometimes mm-hmm. my deepness is cliche to other people and that's fine. But my inspiration does come from the community. People tell me that they're inspired by me. Then they share their stories. And when people share their stories, that's what moves me. And that's what inspires me. And so just from that inspiration alone, that's how I can create and do what I do. So how can people inspire you more? Where do you like to read their stories and hear their stories? Do you like them showing up in your DMs, answering your comments on your Instagram feed, responding, creating their own content? I think, you know, I I like people in my Instagram inbox. That's where I talk. Can you hear Mm -hmm. my children screaming? Nope. Over there. Okay. (laughs) I like hearing people in my Instagram inbox and also my YouTube comment section, though my YouTube comment section might be disabled eventually because, you know, YouTube's going through that stuff. So I wouldn't count on that. But Instagram, I love that people, a lot of people share their stories with me there. And Uh I love when people make their own content too. Mm, That I absolutely love that when people can take their own inspiration and create their own content. Yeah. Um, I definitely love when people make their own content Uh, and definitely a lot of fear out there in the community a YouTube community about the um, Instagram, YouTube cutting off comment sections. And we've definitely seen a lot of people struggle with that. Does that give you a fear at the end of the day? Are you thinking about what you would do if that happens? Is that something that would shut you down completely? Um, it wouldn't shut me down. It would be devastating for me, just <laughs> speaking honestly, because the comment section is where I connect with a lot of people. And, you know, if people are coming up on my old videos and all the comments are disabled, they're just going to think that I disabled the comments. They're not going to really know. You know, if someone randomly stumbles upon my videos. There is a community tab on YouTube where I can post the thumbnail and then people can comment and like from there. Yeah, I have but no idea how to do that. You have to do it on your browser. <laughs> oh, okay. So you have to use your phone browser or the computer browser. Oh. And you go to the main YouTube page. They're... I don't know what that page is called, but then there's a bunch of little tabs like videos, playlists, and then one is a community tab. And then from there you can chat and have a conversation. Yeah. I've definitely been kind of a little bit anxious about that and definitely been re-navigating about what I do or don't. I know I've pulled down videos with my kids, my day in the life. So I've pulled down um, just because that community section, as much as like as a highly anxious person, I actually have a hard time reading my uh, comment section from time to time. So sometimes I don't, but I don't want to lose it at all. Do you um, get bad comments, negative comments? I have had a few negative comments. And so I had, and then if I'm highly anxious, then if I'm having a bad month, then it's totally out of the books. I won't, I won't wander into there at all. And so I have, I've been kind of hit and miss on it, but I know that there are other people having conversations in there and I, that would be devastating to lose for the whole community because that's such like, it's huge importance. Um, But it's why I've also really emphasized having a website right now has been my little safeguard. Well, yeah, because people can comment there too. Yeah, they don't, but should, should (laughs) should the YouTube, people do not comment on blogs. And so that's been my biggest um, struggle going to video. So on blogs, people will comment from time to time and I'll get a bad comment every now and then when someone thinks I've been like a judgmental witch. Um, <laughs> on YouTube, people comment all the time. It's like nonsense. They call you judgmental witch? No, it was something. Well, it wasn't. They didn't call me that, but that was oh. the tone. I was like, <laughs> it was just, it was just my experience. 
And I, I find that I'm pretty good being openly saying this was my experience with something, whether I write or whether I vlog. Uh, but yeah, people on the internet can be mean sometimes. So that's why I've oh, been... Yeah. Absolutely. The, the comments have been just overwhelming and I've had a hard time dealing with both the positives and the negatives, really. Just not being yeah, used to that. Mm-hmm. A lot of comments are overwhelming for me too because I could spend hours just replying to people. Well, yeah, and right? And so like, time. how do you set that balance? So sometimes I just, I don't, I'll sometimes I'll just respond to videos the first day and then after that, I'm like, I just need to, I just need to set boundaries. I definitely don't have a boundary. I really suck at boundaries. Don't know what boundaries <laughs> mean. So I, I couldn't give any advice there. <laughs> no, uh, this might be a great, okay, setting boundaries. Um, how do you, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with setting boundaries. I don't know what I'm talking about. But where do you learn your facts and information from? Like, so when you talk about things, where, where do you get that knowledge people are thinking about? Um, and are there any t- topics that you do set boundaries and you don't touch at all? Um, I mainly just get my information from what I've learned. Yeah. You know, there is no experience. Like, yeah. When it comes to like washing diapers, I'm very conflicted because a few months ago I let go of the fluff love stuff just mm-hmm. because I was using way too much detergent. I think, you know, their detergent mounts might go great for all in ones and microfiber, but it was too much for my flats. And yeah. so I usually stay away from fluff love <laughs> talking about fluff love. That is a boundary for me. Washing. I don't talk about washing. Yeah. I heard I'm you not mention that. I heard you mention that in a video recently, which was, so I was like wondering how, how you set that up because you feel like you're not an expert. Yeah. I just, I don't really know much about other machines and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. after leaving fluff love behind, I'm feeling very like conflicted with, what's right and what's wrong. So now I'm kind of in a, in a phase where I just want to test out a bunch of things to see what actually works for me instead of hearsay about what does and does not work. Mm-hmm. And that that's a huge part, a huge struggle, I would say, in the cloth diaper community is wash routines and knowing if you can or can't touch it. And um, for me, I also just see a lot of wash routine advice is literally just people regurgitating things from other people without actually knowing so exactly. I'm just like, you really, if, if you're out there in the cloth diaper creation space, I would really urge that if you are talking wash routines, that you talk about your experience and emphasize your experience because making hard and fast rules has been showing up time and time again to not be working. And I constantly am seeing bloggers and YouTubers who make hard and fast rules and say, you have to do this, this, and this. And then I get a DM in my inbox um, and that's hard to deal with. And it's, um, I would love if you, <laughs> for those of you who are listening or who are maybe listening because they are creating content to just, uh, yeah, set boundaries on wash routine conversation because it's. And relax it's, a little. I mean, relax a little bit. It's it's defi- <laughs> no, it's not. And it's definitely causes a lot of headaches for people. Um, but it's, yeah. If, and if you're new to cloth diapering and you haven't started yet and you're listening, like it's okay. It's going to be okay. Well, I've seen a lot of people in Facebook groups like attacking each other like about yeah. wash routine advice. Like you're hurting your baby with a bad wash routine. Like the hell? Come I on know, now. right? People get Sorry, vicious. People get vicious. I I wrote a, I wrote a blog post on like just stop the fighting. Like I'm just so it's I hate being I hate being attacked in a cloth diaper group viciously by a keyboard warrior, especially when I'm just trying to ask of why why is that? Or like where did you get that information? 
could you could you give me a source and i and when i asked that people send, tend to like get really vicious at me i was like all you could just say was that it was your personal experience or you could just give me the blog link because that's all i wanted to know um the other day in a group somebody said that enzymes had to be the top four ingredient in a detergent to be effective for cloth diapering and i was like could you could i get a source <laughs> for that that's the rule but you don't know where it came from yeah and so i'm not saying it's not true because i don't know i could i don't know I don't and i advice. i know i don't know <laughs> i've started doing i have i haven't finished editing them because i'm still in bed and i have had zero motivation to do anything um but i did a lot of research and i did little videos that maybe we can get other people to comment in and get some thoughts about where these rules come from about enzymes and about palm oil and about things but yeah wash routines is one that i've like I play around with my boundaries as well because on one hand I don't want to give wash routine advice um, but on the other hand I feel like there is a need in the community for more wash routine conversations about the whys so it's such a hard area for me on my boundaries but yeah and it's hard when you put out a lot of cloth diaper 101 content people want to know like that's yeah. the first thing people know about is how to wash them and I'm like well, I don't, I don't want to be rude. I just, I don't give out wash routine advice because it, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, Where do you refer people? Who use water hardness. I don't. You don't. You just say, <laughs> I don't give wash routine advice. Yeah. Only because yeah. I just don't know where is the right place to yeah. point people. You know, I just, I don't know. Well, and I, I find I that a lot of the people who do slide into my DMs with that question, a lot of times they'll be like, well, have you checked with your retailer or brand? And they'll be like, no, I just bought them from a wholesaler or I just bought them used. And so then I'm like, oh, that was my best suggestion. Um, no, I don't know what to do. Um, yeah. And it can, it's a lot of work. Thirsty has a lot of good information. On Actually, yeah, they are, good, they are a really good resource. And it's a lot of work as a creator. Like you can spend easily over an hour working with someone one-on-one -on -one in your DMs. And it's, I, ha I have to set, sometimes I do have to set that boundary and say, I really do need to spend time with my kids today. Yeah, I get I, that too, because I talk a lot in my DMs and Instagram. Mm -hmm. I give a lot of kudos to anybody who admins a Facebook group, because um, I don't have the time for that. I, no, right, that's a lot of work. I've been there, done that. Um, Another user question, user question, that's a terrible word. Another follower <laughs> question? User. It's not like they're users of anything. Community. Another question. Another community question was, how do you stay motivated as a creator to still create cloth diaper content after so many years of being in the industry? Uh, not industry, the space. Um, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I, I don't have this regular upload schedule. A lot of people say you need to upload on certain days of the week at certain times because it's good for... Uh, YouTube metadata and algorithms and blah 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 but I don't do that I it's very organic the way I upload and put things up it's when I want to do a video and when I want to put it up so I think that's why it works for me otherwise arguably, if I had to do I think you're pretty to toxic that's not the right word I think you're a pretty um, engaging personality on YouTube and that really helps yeah really connect with yeah you. I'll answer questions if even if I'm not posting videos that day I'll mm -hmm. answer I'm on YouTube a lot watching videos so but yeah if you're not if you're not sticking to a schedule you're not getting burnout and burnout is like a huge part of why people drop out and disappear 
Oh yeah. And I've been burnt out plenty of times. I mean, when I'm burnt out, I'll go on my Instagram stories and tell you I'm burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) And then you won't expect content from me for a while. And that's, that's it. That's the story she wrote. And that's, and it just works for you. And I think it works for a lot of people as well. Like you're definitely not the only one who has that kind of ebb and flow. And if anybody is listening and they're thinking about content creation, whether it's Instagram, blogging, YouTube, Facebook, or whatever, I mean, consistency is one thing, but I think the most important thing is actually just showing up for your audience, showing up for your community. You don't necessarily need to be putting out the content, but you need to be engaging. Exactly. Like if you only put out one video every two or three weeks, but you at least have to be like engaging with the community somehow creating content that people want to engage with. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> all the rules out there. Yeah, I agree. They're like, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all the rules about how you should or shouldn't do something. But at the end of the day, if you follow all the rules, like often you'll burn out. It's oh yeah. Fun. It's not fun. Everybody though. gets burnt out. Everybody oh, yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, we even get burnt out in our normal life. I'm burnt out on bed rest. <laughs> boringest thing ever the first cup like the idea i knew that i would get burnt out on bed rest and like this idea of staying in bed all day always seems so romantic until you're like nine days in and you're like i just want to sit at my desk in my office but i can't because then my foot will throb so (laughs) burnt out on bed rest anybody and you do something for too long bag of doritos sitting next to me too big All right, if you've ever watched one of Jacqueline's videos, you know that she is not the queen of short videos. That is actually five minute cloth. Kim does a great job. Jacqueline, not her thing. So I have another 20 minutes of conversation with Jacqueline that I'm actually going to save for another episode later this summer. My next question for her, so just so you guys know, is about... Uh, The remainder of this conversation is about her spirituality and more about her inspiration as well as a couple details about her Cloth 101 series that is expected to come out maybe this year, maybe next. If you don't follow Jacqueline already, you can find her online at Jay's Nest on YouTube or Official Jay's Nest on Instagram and Facebook for more cloth diaper content and conversations about mental health, gardening, and everything else that's important to Jacqueline's life. I thank you so much for listening to today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this channel, leave a review, and you can find me wherever the Cloth Diaper Podcast lives, which is on Instagram and Facebook as well. And Check out www.clothdiaperpodcast for more information on cloth diapering as well as details on today's show. Bye.